Hi, and welcome to Voice on the Air, a podcast series brought to you by Voice at the Table. Voice on the Air explores topics that address common workplace challenges and helps you to figure out how to grow in your career. Our aim is to give you tips, insights, and ideas so you and your organization can develop and stand out. On each episode, we feature guests who will share their knowledge and advise in their specialist area. I'm your host, Andrea James. I teach busy professionals like you how to cook so that you can eat nutritiously even when you're focused on your career. All right, let's begin with today's episode where we will look at how to make your presentations count. I have the privilege of having Constance Lamb. She is a professional actress and public speaking consultant with a specialist area in voice work. So I'll let Constance tell you a little bit about herself. Hi, Andrea, and hello, listeners. I think uh, my background, obviously, I've spent over 20 odd years as a professional actress and also doing theatre work, television work, film work, and also voiceovers. Mm -hmm. And the training that I received from acting is absolutely essential for business as well. Obviously, I adapt it slightly Mm -hmm. uh, when, when I'm coming into a business environment so that you won't walk out the door a drama queen, although some people are quite disappointed <laughs> when I say, hello, um, my name's Constance Lamb, I'm a professional actress and a public speaking consultant, but I promise you, you won't walk out the door a drama queen. And they usually go, oh, you know, <laughs> which is quite a surprise to me. So it, it's interesting. But that experience and the training, I draw upon that in order that business people, I really believe that business people need those skills as well, particularly for voice work. Mm -hmm. And it's also understanding how your audience receives your information. And actors are great storytellers. And even in a business presentation where you're selling an idea, it could be even at a meeting, it could be at a sales pitch, it could be to the boardroom. You are still trying to hook the audience in Mm -hmm. and compel them to listen to you. Yeah, absolutely. A, A number of people have said, oh, you know, I don't make presentations. It's not part of my job. And I often say to them, but you have even one-on-one meetings. In that instance, you are still trying to convey a message. And so that is a mini presentation in itself. Absolutely, absolutely. And so what I'd really like to uh, talk about is how to make your presentations count. Mm -hmm. And if you've got some paper... Uh, taking some notes I'm going to give you five keys to audience recall and uh, then I'll go into a little bit more detail about each of those five keys now audience recall is all about how do people remember your information Mm -hmm. so if you really build in those five keys you're on a winner right okay The first key is begin powerfully. Number two is repeat regularly. Number three is emphasize unusually. Number four 
is maximize audience involvement. And number five is end powerfully. Right. Okay. So these are the five keys. I'm going to talk about each one Mm -hmm. in just a little bit more detail. Now, beginning powerfully, it seems self-evident, but I have to say when I've been doing coaching, I don't often hear people begin powerfully. Often they will start with, I am now going to talk about, and if I was a heckler in the audience, I would be shouting out and saying, well, get on with it then. (laughs) Yes. So to begin powerfully is more about making a bold opening statement Mm -hmm. or using a rhetorical question so that you hook your audience in immediately. So how can you make your presentations count? Why is it so important in business presentations? That would be an example. Mm. Just a small little example. Yes. I think it's incredibly important because, and this is not a a straight-up gender issue, but women tend to apologize a lot more. Mm -hmm. So they begin their presentations with some form of an apology. You know, I'm sorry that... I took a little while to get the slide up or the number of times I've seen yeah. that and they're already starting on the back foot. Yeah. And I, I say this from personal experience too. I used to do that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it doesn't start you off well. And from then on, you are trying to make up ground. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and what you want to do is to make that impact right from the very beginning because that conveys a tremendous amount when you begin powerfully it, trema- it conveys a tremendous amount of confidence and your audience relaxes mm. and you want them to be receptive to what you're going to say but get to the point as soon as possible so it, it's either making a bold opening statement about the very topic that you're going to be talking about mm-hmm. Or you pose a rhetorical question, and that gets them thinking. Yeah. And then you, uh, number two is about repeating regularly. Now this is about where you can repeat the main message probably a couple of times throughout that presentation, even a ten-minute presentation. It's to get the main point and repeat it because when we're learning. Often when we want to embed a new learning, it, it takes about 30 times mm. in order for that to really embed and sink in. Now, I'm not suggesting that you say your message 30 times, yeah. but the principle is that if you repeat the main message a couple of times, they will get it. Yeah, and I, I suppose that's why you gave us the five points earlier, and now you're going through them with greater detail. So exactly. we're hearing them for the second time round now, exactly. and it sinks in a bit more. Exactly. And so the the third one, emphasize unusually. Now, the, this is a, it's an interesting title. It's actually, I would say to you, it's about the power of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So it's giving an example so that you once again relax your audience and hook them in. But the story will always have to have a point. So I I cover on 
what the main structure is on how to tell a story. So I'm going to tell you uh, a story. Yesterday, it, it was interesting, I was with a coaching client and interestingly enough, this coaching client is actually talking about he's in hospitality and they were talking about the guest journey, the style and the guest journey. So I had actually arrived at the reception desk and this young lady asked me my name. I gave it very clearly. She then asked me again for my name, which told me that she hadn't heard me. And then she got on the telephone to phone down to the room and then said, I'm sorry, what is your name again? And I said, I've given you my name. So I had to give my name again. So right from that beginning, that's not a very good uh, experience for somebody coming to the reception desk. It's like this this receptionist is not listening to, to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. She then took me down into a lobby that didn't have very good lighting. And I asked, uh, I said, will they come and uh, come out and greet me? Yes, someone will come out in a moment. I was left there for five minutes on my own in a darkened seated area. No one came to see me. Uh, a couple of minutes later, that receptionist came down with the very guest who I told her I was going to see and she walked past me with this guest not acknowledging me and took him into the room that I should have actually have been in and then finally I did get into the room and instead of actually that receptionist saying to me oh Constance this is your guest it was it that guest journey was not done in the right way and it was ironic that actually he was talking he was going to be giving a presentation on how to give uh, a really good guest journey right so that's an example so what so then you would draw the strands together from that story so the important part the important part of a guest journey is a that the receptionist greets you and listens to your name, probably writes it down so that they can repeat it back to you. That they they take you, they walk with you, take you down and make sure that somebody else greets you at the other end so that you're not. So it, it's all of those points that in fact actually making that guest journey is really important mm. for someone who had never been to that office building. Right, okay. So that's an example of storytelling, using an example and then drawing the points, extrapolating the main points. That hooks your audience in. What were you seeing when I was telling that? Um, I was guided through, visually, through a hotel experience that I've had. And and it allowed me to follow you along as you were were making your points. Yes. Um, So what's important is that you see it as you tell it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's something, as uh, coming from the acting background, that m- it it's, m- makes it much more compelling because you're in the experience and your audience is there with you in yeah. that experience. That's what makes it even more compelling. So obviously, it, it, just choose the right case study, the sure. right story for the point that you want to 
convey. Okay. So that's the third one, emphasizing unusually. The fourth one would be maximizing audience involvement. Now this can take a number of uh, variations. If you can't involve them straight away, you can with by using a rhetorical question. What do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Well, and then you actually talk. So they're probably sitting there saying, well, what do you mean by that? So mm -hmm. by posing that rhetorical question, you're hooking them in. Yep. You can also hook them in by using Q&A, yep. question and answers, so that uh, you can encourage the audience. This will involve your audience into the experience. Now, I would suggest that you probably don't do this right at the very beginning unless you are very experienced in giving presentations. Yeah, because so it throws you off the track. Because it can throw you off. Mm. But if you're very experienced, you would probably take one or two uh feedback okay from uh, the audience then the final one it, it, you can do a demonstration and uh it it's it's really more to do with involving that audience so that they engage fully and the final one is end powerfully this i have to say to you andrea rarely do i hear a strong closing punchline mm -hmm. at the end of a presentation and yet it is the last thing that your audience remembers so the recall is very high at the end it's mm. high at the beginning and it's also high at the end so always end with a strong closing punchline on that note i am going to ask you <laughs> to give our audiences just three powerful things that they can take away for today okay keep breathing mm -hmm. Keep it punchy and use mind maps to help you structure your presentation. I love using mind maps for my presentation. So thank you so much for that. For more information on making presentations count and all the other things that we need to think about when having an impact at work, go to voiceatthetable.com. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Constance? No, I look forward to meeting you all. Brilliant. Well, thank you again for, for listening. On our website, you can find out more about this topic as well as learn about workshops, access useful resources, and of course, get more of these marvelous podcasts. Thanks again, Constance, for your insights on presentations. I'm Andrea James, and I look forward to talking to you again at the next Voice on the Air. Go to voiceatthetable.com for more. Thank you and goodbye.